Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. encouraged because we're living in dark days and the enemy is in battle the enemy even comes to church and that's why we have to pray and worship God and take the time to spend with the Lord so that we won't be caught up in the world because when we don't pray and when we don't worship God the enemy is happy because isolation brings about deception. Um, You can be isolated for the wrong reasons. It's one thing to be quarantined, but it's another thing to be lazy. So we need to start serving God. We need to start serving God. Brianna, Lydia, thank you so much. You did a great job. It's a great job, thank you, thank you, thank you. You did a great job. Thank God for using your gifts to God's glory. Let us pray. Most holy and everlasting God, we stand before you again, thanking you, O God, for what you've already done, thanking you, O God, for the blessings that are on our way right now. And Father, I pray for a fresh anointing from you, And I ask, oh God, that you will bless me with your divine presence. I'm asking you to minister to everyone in this congregation, oh God. And I want you to stir them up to the point that they can't help themselves, where they will find themselves wishing you in spirit and in truth, because you are truly a worthy God. And Lord, I pray that you will bind the enemy right now. 
that's floating around, whispered in our ears that it's time to go. It's time to move on with this day. Lord, I thank you for being alive. I thank you, God, that the enemy did not destroy me this week. I thank you, God, for taking me through trials and tribulations, oh God. I thank you, God, that my last COVID test was negative. I thank you, God. Thank you, God. There's nobody like you, oh God. So we worship you, oh God, and I ask for a spiritual cleansing on this house and that you will bless us so we will be more like you. It is in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. How many of you really want to be like Jesus? How many of you really want to be like Jesus? I have been truly blessed by this sermon series on love because it has caused me to look at my heart, my house, my thoughts, and to evaluate what I do with what I say. And it has allowed me to see where I can make improvements. It also has allowed me to see and understand more about God. In Romans, the fifth chapter, in verse number eight, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still, say it with me, while we were still sinners. Say it loud, sinners. Christ died for us. You ought to let that soak in for just a minute. While you were walking in darkness, while you were walking in the world, while you were gossiping and cheating on God. It says in the word of God that God loves us regardless of our mess. God loves us regardless of our temper tantrums. And God loves us while we were still sinners. Dick and Gino, he didn't say go have surgery and I'll I'll fix you up. He said, while you're still in the darkness. And if the truth be told, some of us right now are still in the darkness. And we need to be brave enough to ask God, show me my heart. Show me my ways. Teach me how I can be more like you. My sermon title, God Loves You. Do you love him? God loves you, but do you love him? I was tempted to ask each of you to give me an example of the evidence. I was tempted to put you on the spot and ask, if you say you love God, where is the evidence? Because if there is no evidence, there is no love. And so the word of God is teaching us that while we were still sinners, Miss Lidley, while we were still in the world, the Lord protected us and took care of us. And we are here today because God is a faithful and loving God. God is a faithful and loving God. Oh, it makes me happy. We is a faithful and loving God. How many of you know you don't deserve to be alive? How many of you know that you haven't done everything God has told you to do? 
us walk around with attitudes because we want to have our own way. How many of us have temper tantrums because it's all about us? But the word of God, Deacon Bacon said, while we were still sinners, God loved us. Oh, hallelujah. I might have to preach to myself. Have you ever been in love? That was my first sermon. And Bishop and Grace Corral, when I get, we're going to put this in writing, I will share with you the notes. Have you ever been in love? Last week was, if you love me. That's what Jesus said. Remember, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. So how can you say you love Jesus and you don't honor the commandments of the Lord? How can you say you love Jesus and there's no evidence of your love? I'm not calling you out. I'm giving you enough time to look at yourself. How can you love Jesus when there are people around us homeless and no place to live? And you do nothing about it. How can we love Jesus and people are in hunger lines trying to get food to eat? You don't show up at any time, but you say you love Jesus. How can you love Jesus and you never pray or ever ask Jesus to come and forgive you for your sin? This isn't a question that we often ask. So when I look at my life, I want to see the evidence. I want to see the evidence of God's love in my heart. So I had this great blessing in my mind. I said, what is love? Hmm. I said, I want to know what my people think. So I reached out to some PGC disciples and requested they define love in 15 words or less. Some of them obeyed and some added a few more words. I would like to share with you the survey results. One person said, love is being kind and nice to everyone in order to receive God's loving protection. Number two, God should, love should mirror an infinity pool, never ending and free flowing. Sounds like a poet, doesn't it? God is love and love is intimacy and caring for others without expectation. Love is an act of doing for others and expecting nothing in return. Love is an action word, and you must show your love of God by taking action. In other words, if you never take any action and it's just words, then you don't have love. Oh, my God. Love is the ability to accept people for who they are. God did not wait until we decided to be cleaned up to love us. God has loved us from the beginning. Hallelujah. Love is never judging people and always finding a place in your heart for others. Simply put, love is what's in your heart. If God is there, so is love. Love is selfless, sacrificial, it's endurance, it's patient, it is action. Love is allowing yourself to fade into the background. Oh, I like this, so another can shine. My, 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 my. I will put these in my notes as well. Love involves being able to trust that something is unconditionally good for you. Love is being obedient and intentionally faithful in God's word until I join him forever. Love is a profound and selfless expression of unconditional empathy that's beyond measure. Empathy meaning that you don't criticize others and critique them, but you pray for them. Uh, reach out to them and say, sister, can I help you out? Love is a demonstration of affection and love without action fosters confusion. <clears throat> love is action of sacrifice and care without reservation. 
I define God's love as unfailing and unconditional. His love alone raised me to more than I can be. My, my, my. Intentional thought or action for one's betterment are embraced through correction or support. In other words, if you will not receive correction, then you don't get love. How many of you have children? And as parents that you decide that, oh, it was okay, she, she'll be all right, she won't do it again. In other words, if you love me, correct me. If you love me, inform me. If you love me, tell me when I have stepped out of bounds. Love is a commandment required by God, a responsibility taught by Jesus and an action shown by his disciples. Love is foundational. The basis for everything we are, it protects, give us the capacity to forgive unconditionally. Love is being the best of others. It's a willingness to forgive and sacrifice, being compelled to meet needs which you often prioritize above your own. Oh, my, 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 my. How many of us truly put others before us? How many of us are so self-centered that everything is about us. The challenge is we live in a world that affirms being selfish. We live in a world that celebrates being self, self-sufficient in self. And one of the things I hope we can get from this series that physical touching does not mean love. A physical act does not mean love. And we have to get this straight, that the portrait that God is, is portraying here, it's about heart and relationship and serving God with all that you have, making God first. It is not about intimacy, and that's all. How many people say people fall in love with love? I've seen people fall in love with love songs. I've seen Gladys Knight and the Pips are singing, and all of this about the midnight train to Georgia, and all of these things. Some people fall in love listening to love songs. And I've asked people sometimes, how did you get in this situation? Well, pastor, I was reading this book, and I heard this song, and I just thought I would give her a try. Okay. Okay. Okay, the world's definition of love, Sister Bridget, is not God's. And we need to get that straight so that we understand. God demonstrates his own love for us in this way. While we were still sinners, it made me cry. That while I was still being a intentional sinner, Christ died for me. What is God's definition of sin? Because the Bible says that all, A-L, all have sinned. And occasionally I hear people say, well, I'm not as bad as she did. She did that. There are no levels of sin. You can't, you can't grade your sin A, B, C, or D. Some of us want to say, I, 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 yeah, I know I'm a sinner, but look at her. No, look at yourself and make a self-assessment. And ask God to show you your sin. Don't look at mine. I'm looking at my own. You look at your sin. Some of us live with family members who are not saved, doing things right in the face of God and sinning. So if you love God, stop critiquing and start praying and asking God to deliver. Sin is an immoral act considered to be a transgression of divine law. And according to Augustine of Hippo in 354 through 430, sin is a word, deed, or desire in opposition to the internal law of God. You got that? 
He said that sin is a word, deed, or desire in opposition to the eternal law of God, or as scripture states, sin is the transgression of the law. Sin is whatever we do that does not obey God's word. Because the word applies to you just as it does applies to me. And sometimes people think that sin, you know, relates to and the responsibility of being in love with God only comes to the pulpit and preachers. But all of us have the same responsibility, different assignments, but the same responsibility. In other words, God doesn't want our raggedy attention. God wants your best. God doesn't want your leftovers. God wants you to be inconvenient for him every once in a while. God wants you to be tired because you've been serving God's people. And God wants us to do what we have been called to do. In the most general sense, a sinner is a person who commits sin, Luke 18.3. Another thing I learned, Sister Sand, is that we need to go back and do word studies to see what those words mean in their original language. The Greek term translated sinner in the Bible carries the idea of a person who is missing the mark, as in an archer who misses his target. Thus a sinner is missing God's mark and is in fact missing the whole point of his or her life. More and more now I am hearing people who say they are Christians and believers justify their lifestyles and what they do saying that it's okay with God. I'm free to make my own decisions. Well, you are. But the word of God says you are also accountable for those decisions. The word of God gives, God gives us a free will to choose. God is saying, I don't want you to love me because I gave you a house. I don't want you to love me because of your new car. I don't want you to love me because of your bank account. I don't want you to love me because you children you have that you love. I want you to love me because I'm God. No strings attached. And what the Bible is saying is that God doesn't want our leftovers. God wants our best. Have you ever been in a relationship and you know you're not number one? Have you been in a relationship and you know that this person has a, a, lot, a, oh, a great deal of people are in line before they get to you? Have you ever been in a situation that you thought somebody loved you and found that they had deceived you behind your back? Have you ever been in a situation that you shared all your laundry and secrets and the person deceived you and told somebody else and then tell it the way you told them? They told it the way they wanted to hear it. Hallelujah. In theological terms, it's correct to understand the word sinner not as a moralistic designation of judgment, but rather as a relational word. And everyone who is separated from God through sin is a sinner. That's why it's about time that we learn how to repent. It's about time that we come clean with God. It's about time for us to realize that redemption came to us through God because he gave his only begotten son so that he might have life. His only begotten son. What is the evidence of you loving God? What does your best look like? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Well, I see you fading already. And it's all right. 
because the Bible said the transgressors who break the law call sinners in the Bible. Look at Timothy 1.9. People stained by certain crimes or vices were viewed as sinners. Sinner was a term was used by the heathens. One of the things I really love about the ministry of Jesus is that Jesus would touch the untouchables in the neighborhood and the community. Is that Jesus would go in the dark alleys and let those who were on the outside come on the inside. Hallelujah. Jesus was intentional in looking for people who need to know about love. And Jesus was also intentional that he walked in love. He spoke in love. He preached in love. He taught in love. He was a man of love. So let's pretend for a minute that someone doesn't know what love is, but they're looking at you. Let's pretend for a minute that someone is trying to get love straight in their own heart. They're trying to figure out whether they're going to be a saint for the world or a Christian for Jesus. What would happen if they were looking at you and you're the only model that they have? As sinners, we all miss the mark and we all stand guilty as charged. And if we are going to claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 1 John 1.8. Does anybody wake up and desire to be a sinner? I don't think so. But you are born with DNA. And you were born in sin, conceived, and only God can deliver us. We were born in sin, and only God can deliver us. But the first thing you got to do is realize you're a sinner and what you really are, and then you can ask God for deliverance. Stop saying I'm just like that. I'm like my mama. I'm like my dad. No, you don't have to be like that, because you can be like God. You can be like the Lord. You can be transformed. You can be loving and kind. We have perfected the art of death and destruction. And every year we invent more lethal and sophisticated weapons of mass destruction. And some are made to starve to death while others throw away food. People are living in the streets even though we have the resources to provide housing for all. How can the people of Haiti have no place to live in a world, a rich world? How can we put people on planes and send them back to poverty and despair and justify it through the law? How can we ignore the things that have around us and happen around us and say nothing? How can we not show up for any gathering to even learn what is happening around us? God's love is demonstrated through every act of random kindness we do for one another. In truth, we don't know how to love because love is not our native tongue. We have to learn the language of love from God. That's why I wanted you to hear the five love languages last week. And I want you to understand, unless you understand a person's love language, you're never going to get to their heart. Because if my love language is quality time, it doesn't matter what you give me in gifts, it is not going to make my heart glad. If my love language is acts of service, that you never do anything for me out of the kindness of your heart, it's unlikely that we're going to have a good relationship because my love language is based on that. So Jesus has always been in love with us. But are you really in love with Jesus? Are you really in love with Jesus? Is he whispering in your ear at midnight? Is Jesus saying to you, go again, give some more? 
Is Jesus saying to you, you got to clean that up? Is Jesus saying to you that it's time for you to give me your whole heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength? And some of us struggle with that. God's want us to fall in love with him every day. James Barbie Sr. sings, falling in love with Jesus. You know I found in the church that we sing songs, but sometimes we don't really realize what we're saying. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me, but you don't have any evidence. Falling in love with Jesus is what I said. What if you had your husband say, I love you with all my heart. Baby, I'll do anything for you, but never does anything. After a while, you ask yourself, do you really love me or not? If you really love me, give me some grace every now and then. If you really love me, then put yourself aside and lift me up every now and then. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you really love me, look at God's standards. Look at what the Lord said and walk in God's truth. People who fall in love with God love to pray daily. They look forward to always worshiping God. You ever have anybody that say they love you, but you never hear from them till they're in trouble? You ever hear somebody say, I love you, and you one of my best, oh, I just love you, but when they call, they're out of money. When they call, they have a bill that needs to be paid. Have you ever had somebody say, I love you, Pastor, and you never hear from them, ever? You go through a pandemic, you don't even get a phone call. Have you ever heard somebody say, I love you, but there is no evidence that you can find? And what I'm saying, if you are who you say you are, then you ought to have some evidence. And my evidence doesn't speak for you. My evidence is evidence. So when people call me a fool, I'm excited because I know I have heard from the Lord. And I know that I'm going to worship God with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, and all of my strength. That's because I'm sold out for Jesus. And my prayer is in the life of this church that you would get so stirred up that you begin to be bothered by your negligence. I'm praying that God will shake you up a little bit and have you understand where you really are in your relationship with God. I love looking at the appearances of God in the Bible. I love Genesis 12, 7. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. So he built an altar there and the Lord who had appeared to him. God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and live there and make an altar there to God. In other words, church, some of us have heard instruction from God, but we have a follow through on what God told us to do. In Exodus, it came about that Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the sons of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, Judge Julie, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. Hallelujah. In Leviticus 16, 2, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he should not enter at any time into the holy place inside the veil. If you love God, follow his commandments. If you love God, do what God tells you to do. I also love the scripture that says, 1 Kings 11, and now the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. In other words, God will be disappointed with us. God might get angry with us but God never stops loving us. And we ought to praise God for that one right now. Because if all of us had God treat us the way we treat God, we would, none of us would be here. 
because none of us are worthy to be here. But God, in the midst of his love for us, gave us life through his son. Matthew 2.33 said, Now when they had gone below, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And he said, Get up and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy. Leviticus 16.2, I think I read that. Zechariah 9.14, then the Lord will appear over them and his arrow will go forth like lightning and the Lord God will blow the trumpet my, 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 and will march in the storm winds of the south. Have you ever seen God? Has God ever appeared to you? I just want you to know that it's not always the way you think. Moses saw the burning bush. Sometimes God will send somebody to show up and just speak a word over your life. Sometimes God will put you in an intentional storm that you have no other, you have no other, nothing else you can do but cry out to God. And sometimes God will allow you to be sick so you will be down enough to hear what the Lord has to say. Sometimes God appears in strange places. Walmart, Harris Teeter, Dollar Tree. God will show up in the middle aisle and you look at somebody and say, God loves you and I do too. Judges 6.12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you. Oh, valiant warrior. Luke 1.11, an angel appeared to him. I don't know about you, but I love it when God shows up in my life. I don't know about you, but I love it when God shows up and whispers in my ear, cholesterol, keep going in my name. Preach my word. Don't try to alter my word to make the people happy. Preach my word so they, they can learn how to love me. Don't skip the scriptures that call people accountable. Preach all of my word. I know there are some places we can go where they party all day with the lights down and calling on the name of Jesus and read a little scripture. Nothing is going on really spiritually, but it makes the people happy. And so we have turned the church into a place where we come and we don't have a Holy Ghost party. We just party and we just party on our own and what we can get away with. We're surrounded by people who tell us that our sin is all right. God will forgive you everything. We are engaged with people who affirm the dirt in our lives, unwilling to call us out and say, you can do better. You can do better in the name of Jesus. God called you out of darkness into the marvelous light and God can cleanse you if you desire to be cleansed. How many of us are brave enough to say, Lord, clean me up. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Clean me up, oh God. My thoughts are impure. My walk is impure. My eyes are impure. My ears are impure. Clean me up, God. I wish I had a witness. If you ever get brave enough to pray, he'll do it. If you ever get brave enough to say, Lord, clean up my stuff. Clean up my house so that I can help somebody else clean up theirs. I like the passage in Ezekiel because it said, God reminds us of his love for us. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean, and nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in clothes. 
No one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the open field. For on that day, you were born, you were despised. But check this out in verse number six. Then I passed by. Then I passed by. Then I, Deacon Linda, passed by. And, and, and I saw you kicking about in your blood. My Lord, I saw you kicking about in your blood. And as you lay there in your own blood, I said to you, live, live, get up in my name. How many of you need to have the Lord to say, get up in my name? And then the Lord goes on to say, I made you grow like a plant of the field. You grew and developed into, into puberty. I love that passage of Ezekiel because it helps me, Brother Rod, to understand that God cares about me. And that when the Lord passes by, we ought to be in a position to accept the Lord. But he goes on to say, your breast had formed one and your hair had grown, yet you were stark naked. And later I passed by. You remember, Reverend Marlon, when the Lord passed by? Do you remember, Brother Brian, when the Lord passed by? Do you remember, Brother James, when the Lord passed by? And he's saying to us that when the Lord passes by, he sees us just as we are. When the Lord passed by, when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, ooh, I spread the corner of my garment over you and I covered your naked body. Hallelujah. Later I passed by. You see, when God passes by, things happen. When God passes by, hearts change. When God passes by, attitudes change. When God passes by, we begin to preach and teach the gospel of God. And when God passes by, you are never the same. I gave you my solemn promise and oath and enter the covenant with your desires said the sovereign Lord. Has the Lord passed by for you? Has the Lord passed by for you? Because what Ezekiel, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, is really saying that I saw you in your darkness. God is saying, I see you in your darkness. He's always said, I see you in your darkness, but I'm not going to leave you as you are. But when God passes by, God cleans us up and God covers us and God takes us out of our nakedness and he clothes us with his righteousness. And so what we're saying here, and I don't want you to miss the point, is that all of us were in darkness or will be in darkness until God passes by. But when God passes by, expect a change. When God passes by, expect to be healed. When God passes by, expect to be transformed. When God passes by, expect to stop cursing. When God passes by, expect to stop lying. When God passes by, expect to give up your evil habits. When God passes by, your ego will be laid on the table. When God passes by, you're going to get happy that you've seen God. Oh, when God passes by. When God passes by. 
when God passes by, you, you, you love the untouchable. When God passes by, you love those who rightfully excuse you. When God passes by, you don't hold grudges, but all you do is pray and say, thank you, Lord. So right now, can we praise God for the day and the hour when God passed by? Can we praise God that in all of your passing by, that you stop by to see me? Oh my God, when God passes by, you learn how to love in the name of Jesus. And my prayer is for you that God will pass by, but you won't miss him. May God bless you and keep you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or prayer report or would like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, Come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.